Kia ora. In today's podcast, Phil and I are discussing the beautiful and a little bit mysterious Tanikaha, the exceptional but you could say lesser known New Zealand native herb. So join us to learn more about its traditional uses and benefits for future use in clinical applications and for optimal client care. Welcome back, Phil. Thanks, Helen. <laughs> Lovely to have you again. And as we continue on with our next podcast subject in the New Zealand native herb, Tanikaha. Sounds great. So what are the traditional uses of our wonderful tanikaha? There'll be a lot of people out there who know a little bit about tanikaha, but I'm sure today we're all going to be listening for that bit more. Yeah. Tanikaha is a, a pretty incredible tree, really, because it's a bit like a pine. It's like a native pine. It's very, very symmetrical when you, you see it growing. Its trunk tends to go straight, straight up to the sky. And so it's a conifer. Uh, it's part of the conifer family. And it it also has a close relationship with kauri. It seems to like the same terrain. So wherever you find kauri or where you used to find kauri, before humans chopped most of them down, um, you'll often see tanikaha growing. So, you know, around the hills, um, the Waitakere's in, in Auckland and uh, Northland, you know, Taranaki, Coromandel area and, and more sort of north of the North Island around the Nelson Mulgrave area. It doesn't like growing too far south. So... Um, Traditionally, its main use, I guess, is best documented, even more than its medicinal use, is actually um, were as a timber. And like kauri, it was exported to uh, the UK, and and so it was used, you know, quite a lot for um, doing things, even making uh, walking sticks. It's it's quite a, a, a flexible uh, wood when it's when it's growing, when it's in a living state. So. Uh, people would sometimes curve a, a branch of it to make it shaped like a walking stick. So um, used for that, it was also used uh, to make wharves, you know, so piles. So it's very resilient, um, like a lot of New Zealand native plants, you know, and that's probably, again, a reflection of its antioxidant properties and its rich uh, content of, of polyphenolics. So um, it was the, the bark also was used quite a lot and still is traditionally in Māori culture to do things like uh, contain water, you know, like a gourd or uh, to lash the waka with, you know, the the, um, the really flexible strips of bark that, you know, would help to hold the tōtara uh, pieces or, or tanikaha pieces together on the waka. Um, so very durable, very elastic um, Pretty amazing timber and and also the bark, but I guess that one of the best known and still widely used uses for tanika was the use of the bark as a tanning agent, and uh, you know that when you soak uh, harakiki or uh, hohiri or other other plant fibres in a solution with tanika bark that's been pounded, you know, macerated for a long period of time, you get this real rich red-brown colour come out, and Māori love that colour. In fact, we see it everywhere in, in traditional Māori culture from, you know, um, the whare to, uh, to, you know, patu to kite. Um, you, you see reds and browns quite everywhere. You know, they're pretty special and, and very meaningful. So tanikaha was widely used for that, and it became so well-known um, with the early European explorers and, and uh, migrants to Aotearoa that um, it was then exported back to Europe, to Germany, actually, at the end of the 19, uh, 1880s, 1890s, and then to the UK. Um, they used it in the UK to make high-end gloves, you know, children's gloves, um, to dye leather gloves, I, I should say. 
um, and then after that to make khaki uniforms during World War One. I. I presume that was the the British side, not not the German side, but who knows. So yeah, it's it's being used again um, a lot uh, in traditional Maori weaving and and Maori art, and uh, it it is an amazing dye. So those are the main applications that we know it for. Medicinally, um, it's it's basically a really strong astringent. It's a really good astringent, so it's full of tannins. Um, hence, it's used as a dyeing agent. So used particularly for gastrointestinal conditions such as dysentery, diarrhea. Uh, but also it's a really good topical herb for um, inflammatory and effective um, conditions, you know, cuts and grazes and things. So, yeah, those are the main traditional uses of tanikaha. Thanks, Phil. That's definitely given everyone a bit more information, I'm sure. It's fair to say it's a fairly diverse tree, isn't it, in its application? It's got some wonderful uses there traditionally and obviously now. therapeutically we're using it um, in a similar way but also maybe a little bit different as well. Yep. Can you tell us a bit more about this potent antioxidant and antimicrobial use that it has or these properties that we now know about tanikaha or they probably knew back then because obviously they used it for infection, didn't they, control? So they knew before we knew there was knowledge already there, of course. Yep, yep. Well, unfortunately, there's there's a lot that we don't know still about tanikaha, and and even traditionally, despite what we just discussed, there's so much about traditional uses that I think we've we've lost, or you know that others will know about more than me. Um, but in terms of um, its antioxidant properties and its phytochemistry, um, we really, really need to do some research on it. Of all our um, pretty promising species of, of native plants here in Aotearoa, it's one that. I, it never ceases to amaze me how, you know, we haven't done much investigation on it, you know. Um, a little bit like a lot of our natives happened during World War II when we thought we were going to lose the ability to import medicines. And also Phytomed's done a little bit of research on tanikaha as well. And and we've used the aerial parts, though, rather than the bark because tanikaha is an ingredient of our kiwi mouthwash, for example. And um, when I formulated that product 20-something years ago, um, I decided to add tanikaha to the manaka um, because, it, as we found, we, we did some research at the dental department at the University of Otago, and we found that there was synergy there in terms of antibacterial properties against streptomitis and the strep uh, mutans, I think it was, um, two of the main pathogens responsible for dental caries. So it makes a really good mouthwash, um, but it is a tannin-rich um, dyeing herb as well. So um, you know, if you use it too much over too long a period of time, you will get staining of your teeth. But as you do with chlorhexidine or corsetals, it's no different. It's no worse. So, yeah, it's definitely an antibacterial. Um, and, you know, I've been involved in other research around that area as well. So, but, you know, cuts, grazes, topical things, um, gut lurgies, um, diarrhea, anything where there's a gut upset, I think it's that, those are its two main sort of zones of application in my, in my experience. Thanks, Phil, for that clarity. I'm sure everyone listening today appreciates that. The two main uses, keep it nice and simple for people wanting to introduce it, you know, or use it in clinic if they hadn't already been doing so. And are you seeing different uses in clinic? I'm sure you are. And and it's aligned medicinal benefits for client care. I'm sure we are using it a little bit differently than it used to be, uh, like we just commented, and some things are the same. But is there anything else that you use it for? I mean, you did just cover really well then what its main actions are 
and obviously what you use it for, but is there anything else you can think of that it can be used for where you've had great success? Yeah, I've, I've used it a little bit in dysmenorrhea and period pain, um, but only once or twice as a simple by itself because it is really quite quite a yucky tasting herb. It's extremely bitter. Um, and, you know, some people don't find that easy to take without a lot of licorice and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was traditionally used for dysmenorrhea, for period pain. So I think um, it's definitely got some gynecological action or actions that we should also further explore. It's probably a bit of an amenagogue, and it possibly should be avoided during pregnancy, particularly the first trimester. Um, or the last the last few weeks of, of pregnancy. I'm sure there's just so much else that we just don't know. One of the main applications, though, that, that I used to use it for in clinic, which I didn't mention earlier, um, was as a liver herb. Because of its bitterness, because of its traditional use, looking at every, reading everything that has ever been written about it, um, I, I used to use it quite a lot in my hepatitis C patients. I, I had hundreds of those at one stage. Uh, before the new generation uh, antiviral drugs for Hep C were developed, and Hep C was a very common condition that I that I treated people with, and um, I often would use a little bit of Tanikaha in there to give that native plant element, and it is I think a really really effective um, probably hepatoprotective herb. Um, I think I got some really good we got some really good results in, in some patients, including with. Quite serious, um, you know, secondary sequelae to long-term hepsis, such as liver cancer. So, look, we just clearly need to explore those potential uses a lot more. I think, and um, and I'm sure there's just so much about it that we still don't understand. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It still remains a bit of a mystery, like like many things, which keep us, you know, intriguingly watching it, and hopefully some more active investigation ourselves as well, right, to find out what this beautiful native can also provide us medicinally. Absolutely. What dosage, to let people know today that are listening, if they want to use it or have been using it, just a little bit more extra information, what dosage have you had success with in clinic or in suitable presenting cases? Are there any, is there a lovely standout case study you can share with us just to give us a bit more information about this wonderful mm. herb? Yeah, I think like all of our medicinal plants, um, there's no single dose for every situation or every patient. So be very open-minded when it comes to looking at dose is my recommendation. So, But if you wanted to put a bitter in, in, a, lot, in a herbal mix, in a herbal formulation for any reason, um, personally I never, I very, very, very rarely use uh, Western, so-called Western bitters like gentian or wormwood these days. I'll use kohi kohi or tanikaha instead. And uh, even 5 to 10% of either of those makes quite a difference. You know, you will get that bitter effect that you really want that can help dissuade people from eating too much sugar that can you know just nudge their overall whole digestive system from their pancreas to their liver to their uh, you know hydrochloric acid secretion all the reflexes and complex um, you know peristaltic contractions everything involved in digestion uh, gut permeability I think bitters really help to just uh, tonify and 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 support and so Bitters are a really, really under-acknowledged component of efficacious herbal medicine, I think. so. But you don't need much if you're using it for that prime purpose. If you're using it for hepatitis C or, or acute hepatitis, um, don't start with a really big dose um, because you can, you can sometimes you know, overstimulate the liver and you don't want to do that. But be prepared to go up to 20 or 30 mils a week of, of a tanikaha ex- extract and possibly even more. 
So, yeah, the dose dose should really vary depending on the situation, I think. If you're using it as an acute um, anti-diarrheal herb, um, then, again, you know, a decent dose, you know, at least one or two cups of, a, of an infusion or decoction or, you know, a good 10 mil as a simple for starters and then wait and see what happens. Thanks, Paul. That's a good good little additional informative piece for dosages and around around that regarding what people could use and some bit of extra information around it as a bitter. Have you noticed the uncanny effect when people take bitters in clinic where they initially, of course they hate them initially, <laughs> but by the end of maybe one or two tonics, they're, they're almost an addict for the, yep. the bitterness. They, they become transformed and enjoy it, which is a you know, wonderful thing to be part of in clinic. Absolutely. People do get used to the taste, don't they? And, they do. And um, it does really help them to get more of a balance of digestion. You know, there's so many sweets that we're exposed to, so much sugar in our day-to-day diet. It's really quite We scary. forget that flavour, don't we, or that taste. A yeah. lot of people do. Yeah, yep, absolutely. It's an important one to include back in. Yep, indeed. Thanks for that, Phil. And our last question on the wonderful Tanikaha. What other herbs have you found that Tanikaha blends well with or help to potentise its own actions within a formula? You know, that synergistic effect. And I'm sure you've noted herbs that suited and herbs that don't. Obviously, it's tannin rich, so we already know maybe an idea around which may go with it or which may not. But could you just clarify here what, what may be yeah. suitable? Yeah, I think the short answer to that, I think, is most herbs. It combines really well with with a lot of different herbal extracts, probably a bit less well with high ethanolic um, herbal extracts such as calendula or or myrrh um, because you will get a bit more precipitation of the tannins out of solution. But that doesn't mean it's not still uh, enabling the flavonoids Mm. and some of the other uh, phenolic compounds to be absorbed and be um, medicinally active. But yeah, if you're if you're treating someone with a liver condition and you want to put in more than tanikaha, you can. It combines really well with all the other liver herbs: the dandelion root, the bupleurum, the schizandra. Fresh whole plant dandelion to me is a really good aperient and, and a very very gentle liver herb, but also supporting kidney health and nutrition and the gut microbiome. Um, and and it can certainly help with the flavour of tanikaha because. Compliance is really important, isn't it? It's, you need to have that conversation before you prescribe tanikaha saying, um, are you brave? This is going to taste yuck. Shall I put some licorice in there? What about peppermint or what about a bit of whole fresh dandelion? You know, because the, the inulin and the sweetness and that can just help to, you know, tone down the, the bitterness of the tanikaha. So it really depends on, on the situation. But yeah, if it's if it's a long term autoimmune condition you're, you're using it for, then it also seems to combine well with other not not bad tasting herbs such as astragalus and and uh, and even bicol, which is not a particularly great one either, taste wise. So, and and the medicinal fungi, I, you know, I sometimes use it with lion's mane or ganoderma, um, you know, uh, reishi or ericium. And I think in terms of chronic autoimmune conditions where you, you, your digestion's weak and you, you want to do things on the gut microbiome, those make really good combinations as well. Thanks, Phil. So. We take away anything from that last wonderful answer you gave us uh, is to tame Tanikaha a little bit before you give it or at least warm people of its potent taste in regards to yeah. to that in a formula. Yep. It's very important, you're right, compliance yeah. is absolute key for us Absolutely. as Absolutely, it's critical. Thanks for sharing that very valuable piece of information. Thank you, Phil, for being part of today's discussion on the mysterious but hopefully um, more widely used Tanikaha as we move forward. 
Um, so thank you to being here today and being part of the discussion on yep. it. Pleasure. Thanks, Charlene. Thanks, everyone, <laughs> for listening. Thanks, Phil, and thanks to all our listeners again, and we look forward to bringing you more in our next Herb Talk podcast. Kai Kitsiano. Kaki From the Fido Med team. Thank you.